young criminal defense attorney, Neil Rockheim. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Killer Cross-Examination. I'm your host, Neil Rockheim, and I want to get right to it again because we're going to... There's just something that's on my mind. It's been on my mind since I've been in the middle of cross-examination of the, the state's savior, the state's the Michigan State Police foremost expert, their guy, the the person that even the judge during the hearing said, but to the prosecutor, this is the guy that you brought in. This is the guy that's supposed to do it all. This is the guy that's supposed to to, to have all the answers about the breath test. And it's just been gnawing at me and gnawing at me and gnawing at me. And I don't want to waste any time getting to what's been bothering me about the the way that breath testing, which is the way that the state police departments and prosecutors bring drunk driving cases against individual citizens, is this the way that these programs are put together are so designed, are such a sham, are so designed to, to get around fundamental rights. And for the last, I don't know, several weeks, for the last several weeks, I have been and my firm has been at the forefront of conducting just laborious, intensive, uh, probing uh, illuminating, enlightening, pick any other adjective you can think of, a cross-examination of this guy. Like where he is, I am. I want you to picture that that Looney Tunes cartoon, you know, where um, uh, Sam, the, the, the shepherd, the, the shepherd dog or whatever he looks like, you know, with the hair that covers his eyes, and then like wily coyotes over there, and they go check in in the morning, and one's supposed to try to get the sheep, and the other one's supposed to protect the sheep. And they both punch in and punch a clock in. And, and basically, like the, I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that where this expert shows up in court, I want to be the guy, like I want to be the, the Sam, the, the shepherd dog that shows up every single time this guy's in court. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that when he shows up to testify, he walks in and he opens the door and he looks and he sees me. I want to give him the same smile, the same wry smile, the same grin that I've given him every time I've seen him walk into the courthouse. And I want him to look at me and I want him to realize it's going to be another day of hell. Welcome to hell, motherfucker. Because you know what? I'm sick and tired of what's happening with the way that the breath testing program is going on. And I'm sick and tired and I've just had it up to here with what prosecutors are trying to do to get around the fraud and the the sham, the misrepresentations and the misconduct that occurred in the Michigan State Police breath testing program. I'm sick of it. I've had it like bile in my throat. It's like, you know, when you have that feeling when you like throw up and you can't, it's just like in your throat. Like you feel like if you take another breath or you open your mouth even a little bit, you're going like, to you're gonna vomit. I have that vomiting feeling. It's making me sick. It's giving me a headache. It's actually like vomit or bile or acid in my nose. It is, it is nauseating and sickening, and I'm tired of it. And so where this guy is, I want to be there. I've had lawyers, after the examinations that we've done, contact me. I've had people approach me and inquire about me coming into other cases. And you know what I want to tell you right now? said, I, I want to be that guy. I want to be his shadow. This is a guy who is a toxicologist. He's a, quote, board-certified forensic toxicologist. He helped write the program. He helped write the rules for testing of, 
of toxicologists. He's the guy who comes into who's he's worked in another state as part of the breath testing program, and uh, he's had 25 years of experience uh, and 25 years of testimony. And he's an expert in toxicology and expert in breath test science, and he's all of this this these credentials. And you know what? I've been cracking this guy on the witness stand time and time and time again. You want to know why? Because we're right. They're wrong. What we're doing is right. What they're doing is wrong. What are they doing? What is the state and what have the cities and townships been trying to do with this guy and experts like him? Well, let me tell you. The way that breath testing has worked is basically this. A person comes in and takes a a test, and there's a police officer that when a person's under arrest, a police officer offers them a breath test, and they take the breath test. And this machine is supposed to be working perfectly. It's supposed to test itself before each test, test itself in the middle, and then test itself in the end. And the police officer is trained. They're literally trained. They're taught this when they get their certificate to say that they can administer or, or, or subject people to this form of breath testing. They're taught to tell, to say, I don't know anything about the, the, the way the breath test machine works. They're taught to be Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. They're literally taught to say, I know nothing. I don't know how it works. I have no input. I don't know anything. I don't know, I don't know the insides. I don't know the science. I don't know how that thing works. All I do is what they're taught is I hit an on button or I hit a start button and the thing starts to roll and then it tells me to take out a breath test tube and it tells me when to have the person blow and then when the other person blow again and then it tells me when it's over. That's designed, that system is designed so that the police officers who give uh, individuals, individual citizens breath tests so that, that they are insulated, so that the system is insulated, so that the criminal prosecution industrial complex, if you will, is insulated. From and protected from lawyers like me who make our living cross-examining witnesses being able to cross-examine those police officers. Because if all they have, if they're taught that, hey, they don't know anything, even if they do, if they're taught to say and they're taught to close their eyes like those, you know, what are those, the three monkeys, the see no evil, hear no evil, and um, speak no evil, if they're taught to, to, to do that, to put their hands over their eyes and their hands over their mouths and their hands over their ears, like those three monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, then they're not able to actually, they're taught to not know anything. They're taught to deliberately and purposely not know anything about breath testing. Then lawyers like me can't use our skills. And the one thing that the legal system gives us, is, which is to cross-examine, uh, these officers to bring out and prove how ridiculous the breath testing process is. Because basically the officers are saying that they're just like potted plants. What the officers doing the breath testing are saying, hey, all I do is just hit a button. I just hit a button. I'm the same as a six-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 12-year-old. I just hit a button and it just tells me when to blow. It just tells you when to have the person blow. It's like, it's like a microwave. I don't know how it works. I just turn it on. And then the food's warmed up and I take the food out. Don't ask me how it works. That's basically what the system has set up to do. It has been designed and set up in that part of it, the end part of it, to completely deprive people like me and people I represent from being able to confront the officers to exercise our right of confrontation. It has been designed to protect and prevent confrontation of those 
of those of, of the people that are giving the tests to the citizens, the police officers, because they don't know anything. Can't cross-examine somebody if they don't know anything because they just keep saying, I don't know anything. So that's how they're taught. So that's one way that our right of confrontation was just thrown out the window, just cut off. Sure, we can confront them and question them, but they just keep saying over and over again, I don't know how it works. I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. In fact, wouldn't it be great if every single officer that now is, they should actually make, it should be a requirement that if you want to be a breath test operator to someone who administers tests to individuals, that you should have to have the name Sergeant Schultz. You should just, you should have to call yourself Sergeant Schultz. That should be your title. That way the jury will get it. I'm Sergeant Schultz. Like Sergeant Schultz from Hogan Heroes? Yes. Like, so you know nothing, you see nothing, you hear nothing, you don't know anything about this. Yes. That will make the point. Because when I get up there and cross-examine one of these guys, whoever they are, they just sit there and say, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it works. So that prevents us from probing and revealing the, the, the ludicrousness of the current breath test program. So who else can we cross-examine? Well, the system, you would think we should be able to cross-examine the guys who the system is set up to, to um, we should see the, look at the records. We should be able to examine the records. The records should tell us how often the machine is working and when it fails and when it doesn't fail. But nope, nope. There are these things called OD33s which is a really fancy word for like official document, but it's a really just, it's a number given to a document and they're just logs and they have a date and then they have a type of test, which is like a, and I'll explain this in a second. And they have a officer that, that signs it, but that officer doesn't do anything. Every Monday morning at about 4 a.m. when everybody is sleeping or having their coffee or just, you know, um, sitting there doing whatever they're doing in the police department, there, the, the machine runs, automatically runs its own dry gas test. It basically has a canister and it just goes poof and it blows some air uh, into the machine over a particular standard, which has a, supposed to have a certain standard amount of alcohol in it. And just poof and it blows this dry gas with this alcohol standard. And the machine is supposed to just basically test itself. That's the only test that this machine it undergoes. And again, it's automated. So there's no one to cross-examine about it. And the officers that show up there at 4 a.m. or 4.01 a.m., they just see the machine kicking out its self-test, its self-check. And they just take the ticket and they write it in the log and they put the log back in the book and the book goes back in the drawer and it just sits there until the next Monday morning test. And guess what? They aren't obligated, they aren't required to put down every time that test fails, that machine doesn't work, that machine needs a repair, that machine won't test. They aren't required to include any of those errors, exceptions, problems, maintenance issues in that log. So basically what they keep is a phony log. They keep a misleading log. The log just has these Monday morning self-checks in it that nobody at the police department knows 
anything about other than they just pull the ticket out, like taking your receipt out of the automated check-in machine, checkout machine at, at your local Kroger or supermarket or Myers. I don't know how that thing works. It just, I don't know. I just turn it on and I had a, it runs itself and it gives me a ticket. Like when your printer, you want to test your printer and it just, you hit a button and the printer just prints out a page with a bunch of different stuff on it and colors. It's just, I don't know how that thing worked or why it did what it did. All I know is here's the sheet. And I just signed a little book saying, here's the sheet that showed that it worked this today. And that's enough. And so they get around Again, another way to protect themselves from having people like me cross-examine or confront or um, have the ability to probe and point out how ridiculous this thing is. Think about that. These guys don't know anything about it. Nobody actually has to do anything to, 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 to make the test, to perform the test. Nobody has to do anything to, uh, for the, to do a self-check. It does it all on its own. Another way around, I mean, to think about the absurdity that they come in and they say, oh, the machine is working perfectly because that Monday morning it did its self-check. Yeah, you know what? My TV worked on Monday morning, but it's not working Monday afternoon. Does the fact that it worked Monday morning mean that it worked for the entire day Monday and the entire day Tuesday? My computer turned on on, its, on, on Monday morning. Does it mean that it worked every day throughout the next, next week? No. Were there days when I had, it froze or days when it didn't save or days when it had errors? Yes. But the Michigan State Police don't require the police departments to include any of those errors or problems or exceptions in this logbook. Just the Monday morning tests. So when a jury gets this logbook, the thing looks like it's operating perfectly. The jury doesn't even get to see the part of the logbook, which is contains other, or, or, or excuse me, the jury doesn't get to see all the problems that it may have had in between when it wouldn't start, when it wouldn't run, when this thing wouldn't work or that thing wouldn't work, or it made a funny sound or it didn't, it didn't perform a test. They don't get to see any of that because, because nobody has to, according to the Michigan State Police rules, nobody has to record those things in the logbook. So the logbooks are just a sham. They're just a sham. It, it'd be like keeping a logbook of, your, of, of someone's diet and only putting in breakfast. Yeah, I just put in my breakfast. And so when you look at the logbook, uh, when I walk into Weight Watchers or one of those programs and you look at my, my food logbook, all it shows is breakfast. You would think that I'm only eating, you know, 200 calories a day because I don't have to record everything else. So, of course, I don't record the steak and the fried chicken and the cake and the, um, the pop and the alcohol and whatever else I consume throughout the day because all I have to do is record my breakfast. Think about how misleading that would be if you walked into Weight Watchers. And so, I, I mean, this is, look, look at how awesome my diet is. All I did is record this one, my breakfast. I did exactly what, look at how perfect it is. My diet is perfect. And then, of course, the person ends up with, you know, high cholesterol and a coronary because we're not keeping track. We're not getting the full picture. But it was its designed not to create the full picture. It's a sham. It's designed to not allow people like me and citizens to 
to, to truly be able to challenge what's going on. It's designed when the jurors see it to, to think, oh, this machine is working perfectly. So on the one hand, we got the cops that do the tests that don't know anything, and we got the law books that don't contain everything. So then we look to the guys who are supposed to come around every so often, every, uh, I think it's four months, every 120 days, and they're supposed to maintain, they're supposed to do a test on it to maintain how accurate or reliable that these machines are, and they're supposed to fix them. And these are the guys in the state police program who actually are technicians. They have the highest classification of people that work on these devices. These are the people that were entrusted by the state police and entrusted by the company that serviced these, uh, these units. These are the guys who were supposed to be the experts. And these two of these guys are now on trial, charged with committing fraud, misrepresentation, and false statements in the course of their duties maintaining these machines. These are the guys that we should be able to cross-examine, right? These are the guys that the state should have to produce to at least say that the machine, that these things every 120 days were working properly. But guess what? They aren't coming to court now. Instead, we've got this expert who's coming to court relying on the data that these guys, two of whom are standing trial charged with fraud, relying on their work. And recently, we've got a, a court of appeals opinion which says that, we're, that the state isn't even required to call these technicians because they aren't performing their 120-day inspections. They aren't performing their inspections every four months. They aren't doing that to um, for any individual case. They're just doing that overall to keep these machines in proper working order. So technically, we're not even, the state's not even required to call these guys to come into court. That's the argument that the state put forward, that they don't even have to produce these these technicians. That's the argument that they made to the to the Court of Appeals here in Michigan, that they don't even have to produce these technicians because, because the, we don't have the right to confront them because they're just, they're really just, they just come out every 120 days and service these machines that they aren't really servicing them for any particular litigation. Well, they're not servicing them and not coming out and inspecting them because they're ornamental and they look good sitting on a desktop. They're, in my opinion, they're, these machines are, are put out there. These machines are being inspected. These guys are coming out and, and tweaking with and testing and, and these, these machines because there are people who are going to have to be tested on them. And these machines need to be, the results need to be able to be admitted in court. And they need juries to be able to rely on them. But we're being told that we don't even have a right to, to cross-examine or confront these guys. And so it's just like one big, I don't know, it just feels like, you know, when I'm thinking of that, that um, uh, I'm thinking of like a force field. That's how it feels, like a force field has just been erected by the, 
the Michigan State Police and the Prosecuting Association in Michigan that there's just been a force field erected around the the breath test machine and the breath test program and the 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 and and, and that force field is designed to prevent us lawyers guys like me from being able to fulfill our constitutional duty to be able to do the one thing that we can do to shine a light on 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 problems, errors, fraud, to expose that a test is not reliable, to reveal that a number isn't a reliable number, that a breath test result is not reliable enough for a jury to rely on, which is to conduct cross-examination. And it's it, and it's the 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 bile, the sickening feeling that I've been having over this as I have looked at this thing from 20,000 feet over the course of the last several weeks uh, is, 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 is just, it's making me sick, making me physically sick. Can't cross-examine that guy. Can't, the records aren't, don't contain all of the errors and exceptions in the problem. So the jury doesn't see that. And then the guys who are the technicians, they, we can't, get them into court because they committed fraud and arguably committed fraud and all these mistakes. Oh, and, and we're being told now that we don't even have a right to, to, to confront them. It's, um, it's maddening. Did you know that I have been cross-examining this guy? Let's see, I did it for... Two and a half hours one day. I think I did it for like five hours one day. Three hours another. Three hours another. I've been cross-examining him and I'm willing to keep going. I want you to understand that I'll go 15 rounds. I'll go 30 rounds. I'll go 60 rounds. I am fucking relentless about this thing, man. I am fucking Terminator. I'm the Terminator. I'm the liquid fucking Terminator. And there is there's no like nitrogen around here to freeze me. I am the Terminator. I am the cross-examination Terminator. I will keep coming. I want you to picture that scene from the Terminator. Where the one guy tells the, whatever her name is, Sarah, I forget her name. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. And says to her, you know, says, uh, it will keep coming. It will never stop. That's me. I will keep coming. I will never stop. I know I'm a, I love boxing and I talk about boxing a lot and this and here and there and fighting. But one of the guys that I always was most impressed with in the ring was Joe Frazier. The guy never backed up, always moved forward. I am, I am motherfucking Joe Frazier. I am moving forward. Most recently, we exposed the fact that this expert that they're now bringing in, they have chosen this guy to come in and he testifies. He's just supposed to make it all good. And I have been cross-examining this guy, and I have been challenging him with the fact that when he came into the 
to, to this program, to this state, that one of the things that he said in a PowerPoint was that he was here to improve the transparency of the program. And for hours on end, I have been punching away at showing how utterly uh, um, false that claim is. Or maybe more accurately, that there has been a lack of transparency. That he says he came in here to improve transparency and I have been showing with cross-examination time and time and time again that there was was no transparency, a lack of transparency. A guy who was deemed to be fired, one of the technicians who they said was he had been incompetent, he had problems, he had made errors, he had cost resulted in cases being dismissed. His conduct at times was was so deficient that another member of the state police called it a, his conduct a huge hit to the program. They referred to his perform, his behavior as egregious. He said that his termination was needed to be immediate and imperative. But they left him on to continue to work for months without notifying anybody. That is the exact opposite of transparency. And I'm, as I look back at it, the entire program lacks transparency. Entire, and I had just been pounding away at it in court. We're going to, when we get the transcripts, we're going to post the transcripts. People have been watching these YouTube, they've been watching the, the live YouTube videos of me cross-examining this guy. I've got people that have been emailing me and texting me and calling me you know, patting me on the back distantly saying, you know, Neil, get him and can you help me? And can you, what about this? Got lawyers that have asked us to come into cases. I'm not backing down, man. I'm not backing down. I'm coming. I'm that fucking sheepdog. I'm going to punch that, that, that clock. I'm going to punch that time clock every time. I want to be there every time this guy shows up in court. You want to know why? Because I'm sick and tired of the the double standard. I'm sick and tired of of the lack of transparency. Sick and tired of people, of of, uh, prosecutors trying to keep these breath tests afloat without with police officers who say or are trained to say they don't know anything with logs that don't contain all of the 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 errors and exceptions and problems and with technicians who are now charged with crimes and in their place is this expert who says oh i all the data is fine it's fine it's fine that's fine it's okay it's all good it's fine and i'm sick of it because individual lives are at stake individual civil liberties are at stake liberty reputations Criminal histories, individuals' jobs, licenses, these are all at stake, and I'm sick of the lack of transparency. Give us a fair fight. So I'm going to keep punching away. And I'm going to keep telling you the results of our punching away here on Killer Cross-Examination. This is part three of our discussion about our cross-examination, my cross-examination, my killer cross-examination 
of the state's toxicology expert on breath testing. And there's much, much, much more to come. See you next time. Killer, killer. Killer, killer cross-examination. A podcast by your host, the nationally renowned criminal defense attorney, Neil Rockheim. 